Hi Nadia. Hello, how are you? How are you? Good. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for taking your time. Hello everyone, welcome to Conversations of Coffee podcast. Today I'm joined with Nadia Power. Nadia, I'll let you introduce yourself for anybody that doesn't know who you are already. Some people that are following this uh, podcast already might know who you are. We went to the same school, St. McDara's. Um, yeah. <laughs> and even back then you were heavily involved with running. You were known all across the school for being quite competitive and quite successful. But since then, it's just got higher and higher and higher. And I'd love to hear how it's got there and maybe introduce us and let us know what you do and where you are now. Yeah, yeah so um, I am from Temple Oak and yeah, we both went to St. MacDars. I was a year younger um, and I'm an Irish middle distance runner. So middle distance is 800 metres and 1500 metres on the track. So they're my two events um, and I'm 22 years old. So yeah, that's really it. And I'm studying in DCU. I'm a marketing student, but hopefully can, can take the running full time after college. So yeah, that would be that's the plan. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. We'll see how it goes. But um, it's kind of a sport that does need your full attention at, at some mm-hmm. stage. Like I've done quite well so far balancing it with college and balancing it with like I'm actually doing a full-time uh, internship this year, the last year. So I've been working full-time, so that's been tough. Um, so yeah, I'm excited, kind of looking forward after college, hopefully, like financially, I'll be able to take it full-time if I, if I get to the level and stuff that I want yeah. to get to. So yeah. I think that seems to be a lot of people's goal. Like whether I know some people that like have been playing football quite competitively, but they have to hold down a job or they can't move away or they can't pursue it fully. And I think to actually really give it your all it needs all of your attention and sometimes you know college or working just trying to you know stay financially stable that way can nearly take you away from the passion yeah and the, yeah. yeah it's it's tough um I think in Ireland athletics is really small so there's not kind of that much like sponsorship for it or you know like it's just it's it's hard to be a full-time athlete in Ireland there's not very many and like those those who are would probably be like sponsored by like a a shoe brand or something so and that's not even a very big thing in Ireland versus that would be a really big thing in let's say the UK or America so there's a lot more opportunities so yeah we get funding Sport Ireland funding and I guess that's really achievement based so that's based off kind of what you did last year is then how much support you're going to get uh, next year but really you have to be top 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 for that to be kind of a a decent living living wage so yeah, it's it's fine at the moment in college. Um, I I love the balance between college and and training because I like to be busy. So it's just the right amount of busyness, and then I'm also not feeling like oh I have to be working or whatever. But yeah, afterwards, hope hopefully I'm in a position to to go full time with it. That's the plan anyway. Yeah. And when we think kind of like back to, you know, before we probably would have crossed paths in school and that, where did the running kind of begin? Like where did it? Where did the motivation for that begin? Is there, does it go back or is it just something that you just decided to get into yourself? Uh, no, I actually, I loved sport all along. I started playing camogie in June when I was like about six and I loved that. And then I joined a running club because I um, had a race on my school sports day and I won. <laughs> and like, it was like a mixed school. So I was delighted to beat all the boys and the girls in the class. I think it was and probably, probably by a long shot as well. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, not just them, but waiting for them at the line, <laughs> yeah so my mom uh 
just put me in a local running club so I've been doing it since I was in second class like eight years old so yeah stuck with it since then and I played camogie up until I was about 16 and then I decided to go full-time well not full-time but you know concentrate on the running as my only sport mm-hmm. and then like back then you know I suppose you were just giving it a bash and trying it out and it was kind of like probably challenging yourself and understanding push like probably learning your limits and your boundaries of how actually good you are and putting it into proper structure being trained how to do a control in your breath and stuff I can only imagine yeah. what it's like but when it started getting a bit serious like what was that like actually going out and actually competing alongside some of the best in the country or you know like I know you're the under 23 European champion for the 800 meters like because I can see oh, that third, from third. Your social... <laughs> yeah so, well bronze yeah, should I say but I, yeah, I, I was like I, I won't class... take it away from the winners but yeah <laughs> no, but I mean, I, you made the podium so I'd class you as, yeah. as a champion in some way shape or form you might be gold but definitely yeah. um it's a massive achievement like not I didn't say Irish I said European like it's huge that it's a big deal but what was that feeling like, you know, even emotion wise, like anxiety or, you know, nerves or, you know, sometimes that can be a good thing. But when you had to actually step up to the plate, what, what did it feel like? Yeah, well, I guess I've been doing it for for years. Like the first time I represented Ireland was when I was 14 um, through like schools. So we do schools competitions with just within uh, Ireland, Scotland, Wales and England. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're gradually getting used to it. and like then kind of getting used to be the best in Ireland that's the first step I guess so I was really happy when I won my first All-Ireland when I was 12 or so and then happy when I first got my first Irish cap and then went to my first European youth which was in 2015 so all that is just experience every time so let's say like particularly European youth when I was 15 it's the first time we've ever raced anyone from Spain or France and whatever and like it was kind of less social media then so I didn't know what they were doing so you know I didn't know how fast they were running or whatever so yeah it's just get just got experience as I went on really as the more international competitions I did the more I picked up and the more motivated I got and kind of the better I got the closer I kind of saw like I was to the top or like close higher up in Europe so yeah it was just I just built it up and then yeah last year finally under 23 championships it came together uh, and yeah I was able to pick up bronze in the 800 which is definitely my best ever achievement and just having represented Ireland at so many underage championships and kind of thinking oh I'll never be the one who wins a medal I'm just fighting to get here I'm fighting to get the qualifying standard it was like a really proud moment to actually be able to to not just you know participate and to medal there yeah I'd say it's a huge eye-opener because like you're probably setting standards for yourselves and setting goals and then breaking them and you know you know beating those hurdles that you're probably setting and then I mean toward is like to some people it's it's like not even achievable and then you achieve that so then next then right I don't want toward again I want second or I want forced I know the goal is probably always forced but then when you put it into reality like you know it, yeah. it's not um it's not always a walk in the park um, yeah no third but, third was like winning for me to be honest um, yeah I would think so Ireland, Ireland Ireland hadn't won a medal at that championship since I think 2011 so Jeez. and there's 50 of us uh, two of us won a medal last year and like it was yeah that that was as good as first for me because you know I've never I've never been that high up internationally or anything before and I worked so hard and like it it just it just finally showed so yeah it was great Mm-hmm. I think definitely I think you should be really proud of that but I also think like it then raises your bar yeah 100 percent 100 percent. it will just makes you hungrier like 
yeah. think maybe some people would think oh like you could get a feeling oh I've I've done this now that's great I can settle with that by you know but it it just made me so much hungrier and it kind of just gave me like this feeling of yeah it could be me like good things can happen to me I'm not just the one who's just going to qualify I can be the one to win medals in future I can be the one to like make it as a senior and that that's just like a really nice thing and I think I really needed that all through my teenage years because I think I was always doing well in Ireland and then I'd go to international competitions and just not and I'd do okay but I'd be like what the hell are these other people doing in other countries could never really make it so like <laughs> like especially the English anytime we raced English people it was just they just destroy us at the at the schools and internationals we're like what were they doing so do you yeah think that, do you think there's an element there though Nadia that it was that problem of a lot of those kids from probably really young ages in schools get the backing get the funding get the pushing and then it becomes a full-time thing for them like if you yeah, compare oh, 100%. it like I could be 100%. wrong in saying I, I could be wrong in saying this because obviously I don't have any knowledge in the field but if you think of Irish footballers young up-and-coming soccer players that are giving it their all they're training two three times a week they have a match on the weekend or some some midweek matches um, and they're doing their own training in the gym strength and conditioning and then they're giving it their all but they still don't get picked to go over to play for you know the big clubs over in England and um, let alone even making the smaller leagues they can't even do that but then you think of these yeah. kids in England that are you know taken from school and put in this house or whether it's with a shared house or um, it's their own place and um, training four or five times a week match guaranteed every week um, and then they've got all the support that they need so when you compare an Irish up-and-coming athlete from all angles to an yeah. English or to any other country in Europe that has better um, support, not that Ireland isn't given enough, but it's like when you put, look at it on that scale. Yeah, no, oh, no, it's yeah. definitely, I think, I think it's definitely like a bit of a reason. Like, I think what are our primary sports like GAA, rugby, maybe soccer, the money's going mm. in there definitely. And the support's going in there and there's probably more motivation even to be successful in those sports in Ireland because you're going to get more recognition so whereas I know let's say in the UK or the US like track track and field is is really big so or like even even more so if you're from Kenya or Ethiopia like they're huge huge sports in those countries so yeah the support is there and it does it does make a difference it definitely does like I don't want to make excuses either like it, it can be done and it's been done by a lot of Irish athletes but um there's definitely there's a, there's a trend there like it, it shows it shows the extra support does show just as the same as you said with the soccer mm, I can see it nearly just from looking at like I know football was my example because it's the one I know a lot of people that tried to go down that route and you know were good enough in my opinion but it's just not always the way. Yeah, I think it's out. easy to think when you're training hard and stuff and you're in your own little bubble, like, oh, I'm doing so much, I'm trying so hard every day. And then you just, you don't realise how much more other people are doing until you're kind of playing against someone. You realise mm -hmm. that they're like, you're never, you're never doing an, enough, really. There's always someone working harder, which, yeah, is a realisation for a lot of people. Is that a, is that a huge hit, like, not in, a, in an unhealthy or negative way but is that a huge hit on your ego or is it a motivator or is it you know like does it does it damage you or does it push you no I think it pushes you yeah I, I think it pushes you like it's so easy for me to just go out now and do an easy a, a training session on my own and it's really good to my own standards and I'm just like oh I'm great I'm so fit now like this is brilliant and then you go race someone and they're so much better so <laughs> I think you just have to keep thinking no there's they, 
I can work harder. There's more here. There's definitely more here. There all there always is kind of a not to just think you're yeah, there's always an extra one percent you can add, I think. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's good to have that mindset too, because to know that you're probably you know, it's, it, if you think you're at your best and constantly think that, well then you'll never push yourself harder. And if you get comfortable no, or content, not. yeah, I'd imagine in that indefinitely that sport it would it would require a lot of mental strength. And that's what I was gonna ask you. That was my next question was like we just say for argument's sake, obviously you're training really hard and, you know, I want to get to nutrition and training and stuff like that, but you've got a race next week, right? And you've been preparing yeah. for, for the last six months or whatever. What's like, you know, like basically if I was to look at it from an angle of like a fighter getting ready to go out to fight in a cage or in a, in a ring, what is your kind of build up like, like the nights before sleep and routine and how do you kind of work around that to stay ready? Yeah, yeah. Mentally, um, I think a big one that I wouldn't have known until like maybe like the last two years was to only think about the outcome of the race to be positive. I used to kind of worry about it going wrong or worry about this girl turning up and beating me or worrying about, oh, what if I didn't feel good on the day? There's no point in thinking of that. So now I really, really only think about the race going well. And like, obviously not every race I've had since I started that mindset has went well, 100% no. But like, what's the point in you thinking about it going badly that only just like draws kind of negative energy towards you and, and makes you seem kind of makes you less likely to, to do well. So that's a huge one for me. So just stay super positive. Um, I'll look at, I guess, who's in the race, what I want to achieve from it. Um, talk to race plans a lot with my coach maybe the night before so we'll talk about you know if it goes out fast where do I want to be in the pack if it goes out slow where do I want to be in the pack Um, if you know what's my aims for it if this girl does this what do I do if this girl does that what do I do do I take it on and lead the whole way so we'll have as many scenarios as possible thought out so then I'm not kind of panicked during the race but honestly like it seems like most of the time I have a race I think of you know as many scenarios as I can possibly think and some mad unexpected thing happens every time I still have to I'm like oh I somehow didn't plan for that but yeah just be as prepared as possible and stay and stay positive would be would be the best way to to sum that up and like just an example of like obviously having to speak to you now unfortunately true um, a camera on zoom but it is still great that we can do this like most of my podcasts would be people would come into the studio we'd have a face-to-face conversation and yeah and it's 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 great to connect that way but during this situation COVID-19 how does an athlete um stay I suppose on top of um their fitness their nutrition yeah um not that nutrition would be affected but I mean motivation could be affected yeah no how- no it's such a big one at the moment yeah yeah it is um I think what's get what's really like getting me going every day is like I just keep thinking this is the highlight to my day like I love training I love running I love doing my gym sessions like that's the highlight to every every day so like even you know if I'm pushing myself hard in a session like at the moment I'm like I'm like oh I'm not even training for anything at the moment everything's cancelled I'm just like this is so great that I'm doing this. This is the best part of my day. Cause I know it is cause I'm reflection of every day. I'm going to turn around and say, yeah, training was my favorite part. So yeah, that's, that's, I'm just saying, this is great. This is going to be the best hour of the day. So that's, that's what's getting me through. But I know every athlete's different and everyone's dealing with it differently. It is really hard cause I'm so goal orientated as a person. 
So it's just really hard when all my goals are kind of taken away or all my kind of at least short term goals are taken away. But yeah, just feeling, just remembering how lucky I am at the moment. I'm really like not affected that much. Like, yeah, my races are cancelled and I can't meet my training partners or use a gym or use a track, but I can, I can run like running such a simple sport. I can completely keep up my fitness. So that's like, I'm so lucky. That's so much more than like, let's say, you know, a lot of team sports people can do. So yeah, I'm just thinking about how lucky I am, I guess, in, in the current situation. It's a really good mindset to have really positive thinking because I suppose you could think on this time and go, Oh, look, it's over. I'm going to just put it all on hold until everything gets back up. And then doing something like that, then I suppose without even excuse the pun, but leaves you kind of, you know, last in the race then because yeah, you're literally you're at the back then because there's so many people I know there's like a a saying a lot of people think, but like, you know, train when everyone else is in bed, like get up really early and you yeah. know, you you've got that advantage on people that are still sleeping, you're training, you know, that kind of mindset where people like get yeah. up early, get out before anyone's up. So you've got that um edge on them. But there's so many people out there now that are using this time really, really uh, cleverly like by probably doing home workouts and um doing like yeah. you know cooking their own food at home looking up recipes using this time to actually benefit them uh, physically yeah, and mentally to see. yeah yeah it's yeah to see. so I suppose then when we think of like training like what is like a, a typical week while you're back in, in normal life like for okay, you I know yeah. college and stuff like that but how do you actually stay so fit and keep I suppose uh, stay on your A game really yeah yeah so the last I'll give you the last year because it was probably my most challenging so the last year I was working uh, I was working full-time um, doing an internship so I was I train eight times a week usually but if I don't have a race so Monday morning would be I'd get up and go on a run um, uh, like 50 minutes so kind of I don't know how how long that is, like roughly like six miles. I go in miles, not Ks. So I don't know, uh, maybe a bit over 10K. And uh, that's just kind of a recovery run. So I'm just listening to music or listening to a podcast. So then do the whole work day. Then I drive straight to a gym, uh, do a gym session. Then the next day after work, do a track session or a grass session. So an example of that during winter would be maybe like 15 minute warm up and then a few drills then six by a kilometer at like I don't know maybe like 345 pace or something like that it it really depends where I am uh off 90 seconds and then cool down so that would be like kind of a a Tuesday and then Wednesday is uh run in the morning and gym afterwards as well the same as Monday and then Thursday is another session that could kind of range any t- throughout the year really what kind of could be 400 meter reps on the track something like that friday is rest day then saturday i do hills so i usually do like um 12 by 300 meter hills <laughs> so it's long enough but it's actually my favorite session i just like hills for some reason <laughs> for some crazy reason <laughs> that's, that's most people's worst and your favorite yeah really, that's I think a great I, thing I think it makes me feel like powerful when I'm doing hills because <laughs> I know it's so unenjoyable. So I actually like it. And then Sunday is um, a long run. So that would be like 60 to 70 minutes and um, just running again, a kind of recovery talking pace. So yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> and then I guess so, a, lot, a good bit of maintenance as well throughout the yeah. week. So a lot of, I'd spend 20 to 20, 30 minutes kind of stretching and foam rolling before and after 
like running every day as well and just in between that like you're talking that's that's a lot of exercise that's a lot of calories burned that's a lot of um stressful like you know it's a lot of strain on the body you know uh, physically but i'm just interested to see kind of like when i think of my my week is very different to that um <laughs> you know i go to the gym maybe four max five times a week and that would just consist of weights and a small bit of cardio doing some hit sessions but I'm, I'm interested in how you fuel your body for something like that because obviously you've got to be at a very low body fat percentage um yeah you know i'd imagine uh, I, i've never seen you know every runner i've seen i know it depends on what type of um distance and what type of run yeah, they're yeah, doing of course, but of course. Su- super lean super lean and super um well on top of their nutrition and their aesthetics so how do you kind of fuel the body to ensure you have enough carbohydrates enough protein enough fat yeah. how do you work my, that? my number one thing is just eat loads like honestly like i just eat i eat so much and like i think a lot of people always bring up nutrition to me as if i'm kind of super healthy and stuff i'm really it's it's pretty basic stuff the main thing to be to be a runner is just to eat absolutely loads like because i i need to just be recovered and ready to go for the next session so just it's really basic porridge every morning and then like i usually have kind of leftovers uh, leftover dinners for lunch so like let's say stir fry or something for lunch so i net like or if let I wouldn't be small now. I wouldn't have a salad for lunch. I'd be having carbs and, and protein and stuff there. And then, yeah, just similar for dinner, pasta, stuff like that. And it's it's definitely not perfect. I have chocolate when I want and you definitely do? having enough of it now. A hundred percent. Like it's, I'm just honestly so hungry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I just can't, oh yeah, I know. And then like, sometimes I'd be feeling guilty, but then I go into the nutritionist and he's just like, no, eat more. I want you to add more calories here, there and stuff. So just filling up with fruit and yogurt and bread and all sorts in between really. So yeah, it, it's, think, it's uh, honestly yeah. not that complicated. Yeah. I think though it's easy for you to say I eat loads because you you actually need to give the body what it's looking for and what it what it needs to yeah, run. Hundred percent. It's like that. It's like that kind of uh, analogy, like of you know you wouldn't put bad fuel into an expensive Ferrari, like you know. Yeah, of course. If, if you want it to run at its best, you're gonna have to give it the best kind of uh, produce. So I'm glad to hear that you eat chocolate because then that just makes me feel like you're human again. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. Like honestly, I. <laughs> I really am not that healthy. Like food is, I and it is. It, that's definitely my area of like being an athlete that I need to improve on the most. I could definitely do better in that area. But my main things that I think about nutrition wise are being fueled properly before uh, I train and recovering properly. They're the biggest boxes to tick, rather than being you know super healthy and watching calories or anything like that. Mm-hmm. and what what's kind of the plan not that you can put exactly a plan in place we all don't know where we really stand in life at the moment but coming out of this pandemic what's Nadia Power's plan going forward as in training I know college and you've got the internship yeah. but focusing more on your craft um which is running where do you yeah. want to be yeah um we have European seniors this summer I hope it's probably unlikely they're they're meant to be in France in August so they're not cancelled yet so I'm just like I'm just you know if they're on I have to train for them so although it's super likely they'll be cancelled I'm 
they're they're on as far as I'm concerned until they're not so thinking of them all the time and and, and training hard for that and you know if it's cancelled and there's no season this summer it's just something I have to deal with and I'll probably just train like I do have a season anyway and do a few time trials or something like that throughout the summer and then um we have European cross-country championships in Dublin which is really exciting that they're in Dublin uh, this December so I'll hope to get on that team and that that'll be cool now in front of a home crowd there and then yeah looking into next year obviously the Olympics are moved to next year so that's it's it's mad the whole situation but um it suits someone like me um who I still I still am not the standard I need to be to make the Olympics but I'm I'm not far off and an extra year is is a dream for me obviously I'm, I'm upset about you know the whole pandemic and everything but just just outside of that you know having another year to to give the Olympics a, a crack is is really big for me so that's at the back of my mind now at all times really throughout every session yeah I think kind of the way you're looking at it is kind of the way I'm looking at it it's like you can either say right this has happened it's a negative thing people are dying oh my god it feels like the whole world is on pause when will it resume and you can keep thinking negatively or you can actually say to yourself this is the world's way of actually just taking a breather for a moment you know china had its first blue sky there just recently in wuhan because of the pollution uh, being at a, a deficit you know i'm not saying the weather in dublin is nice or in ireland is nice at the moment because of this but you can actually yeah. look up and say to yourself, right, maybe this is the world's way of just saying, right, everybody needs to just hang on for a moment. Um, yeah, although it's, so. it's a horrible thing that people are dying and it is doing what it's doing in such an uh, unhealthy way, but it will give people time to go, right, hang on a second. What was my life like before this? And what do I want to change about my life when it goes yeah. back to normal? Because define normal. I mean, what even is normal? Yeah, normal is I what know. you believe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it's it's a big change and it's obviously it's so sad, but like there's 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 no point in just sitting in and thinking about it really because we'll all just depress ourselves. Like it's obviously so so bad what's going on. But for me, yeah, I'm just trying to look at the positives and like even though there's I guess not that many, but like for train training wise for me, like what I kind of complained about and hoped for this whole year and you know the whole nearly a lot of times my life is more time I never have time I'm always rushing especially working this year I was just getting so frustrated that I couldn't I guess train as hard as I wanted to because I was working and like just didn't have time so now look at this like this is what I've been asking for the whole time I have so much more time and then I have an extra year to get better and try and make the Olympics so like that's that's a huge thing for me and there's no point in like complaining about it really because you know it's it's like kind of a gift in hiding to, in the middle of all like this bad stuff that's why I really respect your kind of uh, outlook on it because you're actually looking at it like it's almost like the earth's way of saying right take a moment to focus on you and work on your own personal growth and develop more because maybe you could have went for the olympics if it was on and you would have gave it your best but having an extra year is like it's like being told, right, you've got an exam and I'm going to give you another year to study. Like it's Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. Like if you tell me a few months ago, like, God, <laughs> I would have been just so happy. And obviously I'm not as happy now because, you know, it's, there's a pandemic, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. It's, it's, it's so good for me personally. And so I just need to make the most of it. There's no point in just kind of being happy about it and doing nothing about it. I need to make the most of it now. 
that's really good. Um, I want to thank you for your time. I want to say a massive thank you for coming on, um, especially during this, because, you know, although people feel probably they have a lot more time on their hands, well, some people don't really feel comfortable at this time coming on the camera and speaking, and that's completely understandable. So I really respect you for coming on yeah, and chatting. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm going to link all of your socials below, your Instagram and anywhere else they can find you um, to follow your journey. And I like your home workouts at the moment you're doing and the different kind of... Uh, <laughs> thank you. No, they're good. They're, it's education. Yeah. I mean, it is because it, I'm still, I'm only, um, I'm only a, a kind of a student in this field. I don't know, really know anything about um, sports and fitness. I do only what I kind of get told by PTs. Or, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. And what, so, kind of what, what runners do is would be quite different, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's good to see yeah. what you're doing. Like you're using your back garden as a gym at the moment, which is amazing, you know. And then I suppose you never, you don't need a track because every park around you whether it's time yeah it's, uh, no we're so it's so yeah. good and I think because I'm not a sprinter as well like sprinters probably need like perfect surface to run really fast on whereas like a lot of my stuff is kind of at like 70 80 percent like intensity so parks are perfect yeah so mm. it's, it's it's all good and then is, is there the element of training on the grass like does that benefit the kind of uh, the the knees and the joints and stuff like people say that running on hard ground all the time can have a massive effect on that I yeah yeah no no 100% is yeah yeah especially like the weather is so good at the moment like the grass is really nice and firm so yeah it's great I, I do a lot of training on grass anyway I would have been on the track now a lot a lot at this time of the year but like throughout winter I barely go to a track I just run on grass a lot so mm -hmm. and I definitely give that advice to anyone taking up running try running well I, I'm really excited to start running now because not that this should stop me but I had an Apple watch and I had an iPhone and I've just sold the two of them on adverts on Wednesday and I got a Samsung Galaxy S20 so at the moment, I don't have, like, not that you need a watch to be going running. Like, that's that's yeah. a very lame excuse. But I have a Fitbit coming tomorrow that I ordered last week. Right, so right, yeah. That, not, not that that should, like, motivate me more. But, like, I do like live feedback. I do like data that shows me. No, like, no, it helps. New gear and live and good, good technology definitely helps. Yeah. <laughs> so tomorrow I'm yeah. going to be running. And, um, you know, it's nice to kind of have got inside in depth a little bit more knowledge to what it's like to um, understand a runner's kind of day-to-day -day life and then also how a pandemic affects that. So once again, I thank you for your time and uh, probably chat to you again in the future. Thanks so much, Nadia. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers, all right. Bye -bye. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Coffee and a little bit of conversation.